morning. Good morning. It is Money Talk, nine minutes to nine on a Thursday morning. This is James Ross. Uh, as the Hong Kong International Film Market, a.k.a. Film Mart, draws to a close today at the Convention Centre with a view on the entertainment industry, we're joined now by Patrick Freiter, Asia Editor of Variety. Uh, good morning, Patrick. Good morning. How are you doing, James? I'm doing fine. Uh, how is the uh, Film Mart market? It's been going on. It's been on since Monday. It's the sort of hub, I think, of the entertainment industry. Is that right? Uh, that's right, James. Uh, the Film Art is a four-day event where film and TV rights are bought and sold. And the reason for that is because, as probably most of your readers and listeners know, um, making a, a film and TV show is complicated. Uh, it's rarely done by one company alone. And those rights are divided up by time, by geography and even medium. And this is the kind of market, uh, an event where those rights get assembled. So th- these are these are sort of the underlying who owns the different TV programs or the movies, those sort of things, right? That's right. This is where those rights get bought and sold, um, and, and 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 financial planning for the, the movie industry takes place as well, um, because not everything happens I- immediately, and you're trying to pre-sell some products uh, in, in in many cases. So this is a, a trade show for the entertainment industry, I guess, and it's sort of the, uh, a hidden look into that uh, unseen side, I guess, of uh, uh, what we see on our screens. Well, this has been one of the biggest trade shows um, in Asia for the film and TV industry for many years, and it's been running in total, about, I think, about 25 years now. Unfortunately for Hong Kong, it missed three editions, so the last one was in 2019, and there were a few question marks over how quickly and how successfully they could bring it back this time. And what's the verdict? Uh, you've been out there, I guess, on the floors. Uh, um, a lot of people there, a lot of people in town from overseas, perhaps? It certainly felt like that. It felt like it was at least 80-plus percent levels of attendance compared with 2019. And I would say that's as good as any of the organisers could possibly have expected because, you know, things haven't completely got back to normal yet. Hong Kong obviously bills itself as that sort of international crux point between uh, China and the rest of the world. Uh, it, does it fulfil that particular role in the entertainment industry? It, it, it does so more so than almost any other trade market I can think of. Um, it, Hong Kong is accessible uh, from both uh, China and from the rest of the world. And there were a lot of Chinese um, stands selling products and promoting cultural products and places to make films and TV. The immediate success of that is difficult to judge, but there was certainly a lot of foot traffic. So were there any big deals signed or any announcements, anything? What's what's been going on this week? What's the news out of the market? Well, for me, the sexy highlight was um, actually yesterday. There was a big press event for uh, the launch of a new film called We 12, which Mm. is going to star all 12 members of Mirror, the Hong Kong boy band. Okay, <laughs> and it's not because I'm in love with the boys, but I think it's a great. This is a great Hong Kong success story um, being made by a company from Hong Kong, which is having a, a, a local and a regional impact. This is PCCW, right behind View. PCCW, View, and their agency slash production company called Makerville. Um, they are moving further into production on their own, and uh, View is well-known, of course, in Hong Kong as as a local broadcast channel, but what people may not always realise is that there's also a big uh, streaming platform that they operate across 16 territories in 
um, Asia, Middle East and South Africa. And that's that's a big Hong Kong success story as well. They're just achieving profitability for the first time after about eight years of operation. And they've done this by a process of organic growth, just sticking to their knitting, if you like, and, and ad adopting and working with a business model which other people, their competitors initially um, rejected but then came round to later. So this this is a platform, I guess, which uh, is competing with Netflix and Disney Plus and so on, and it's holding its own against these, uh, if you like, big boys? Yes, it is. It's not a global operation, and it, they started in a way by doing something rather canny and clever, which was tapping into the, uh, the, the appetite within Asia for Korean entertainment, Korean drama. They licensed some of those shows and played them across those 16 territories in which they operate. And it, it worked. The momentum was there. They've started acquiring and, 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 and actually producing them, some of their own Korean shows. And then they've broadened out into other language products, Chinese, Thai, and so on. And they're now a, really a fully-fledged uh, Asian uh, streaming platform. So I guess this, this Hong Kong bad mirror, which we've all heard quite a lot <laughs> about, is, is kind of Hong Kong's equivalent to K-pop, would you say? I would. Mm. <laughs> Whether their reach is quite as big yet, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, nobody compares with BTS, so don't ask me to compare them with them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I suppose, you know, making a, a, a feature film out of a band that you know follows in the footsteps of heritage bands like the Beatles and Elvis and so on going back in time but that you know used to t turn their musical success into the silver screen didn't they absolutely they did um, mm. and I, but I think this is a very smart move and um, Makerville is also the agency that um, controls this this band so why wouldn't they make it Mm. Uh, you've been in the business a while, uh, Patrick, I know, and you've seen uh, things come and go. Uh, obviously, in, in this sort of, if you like, old analogue world of, of film and linear television, uh, you know, things were quite different than what they are now with the streaming platforms and so on. So on. How is the industry holding up in the face of all that change? Well, I think the film and TV industry have been quite badly shaken by, by streaming and are now learning to, uh, to, to live with it and to adapt. Um, it, it, streaming changed the way people consume TV. Um, you know, it, they, the appointment viewing at nine o'clock in the evening to watch your movie or your uh, t evening news is completely gone. It feels like 30 years ago. And now everything is on demand and we talk about binge viewing and so on. So... Uh, that's changed and it, it, streaming has also changed how uh, film and TV products are, are played internationally as well and one of the reasons that the Korean uh, entertainment scene has been so successful is because Netflix has taken Korean shows into 200 countries around the world and has Netflix and Disney Plus and some of these uh, American giants, you know, have they been as successful in, in Asia as they have been in other parts of the world? You know, perhaps our, us in the English-speaking community, we know them well, but have they spread into, into local language? They've done it tremendously well in, in local language in some countries, not everywhere. I mean, in Korea and Japan, they are the biggest streaming platform around. In, in India, they struggle because there's some much bigger local and somewhat cheaper uh, uh, options. It sounds like you're, you're fairly uh, positive, would I say, uh, about uh, the prospects for the entertainment industry, Patrick? Well, I think th th there's been a, a huge p period of change and turmoil. It feels like the entertainment industry is always in turmoil. Um, but it, I think some of the froth 
has come off um, the industry and people are adapting and becoming a little bit more sensible. I mean, the streamers themselves were a huge hot uh, ticket for Wall Street until a few years ago when they were dashing for growth and they were spending money like crazy. Well, in the last couple of years, they've all realised that they actually need to start focusing on profits and uh, the dash for growth at any cost is, is now over. So mm-hmm. um, it, 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 it's, it's a model that View has already understood. Patrick Freita is Asia editor for Variety. Uh, thanks, Patrick, for your view on the entertainment industry. Just